A reading from Romans chapter 8. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds... Yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 30 kilograms of flour until it worked all through the dough. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets but threw away the bad. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, Therefore, 
Every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let's just bow our heads for a prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit, that you would help me to speak, and that you would give us all ears to hear your voice. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Well, we're all probably familiar with the phrase that Jesus came proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, which he was ushering in. But I wonder how often we actually grasp how good the good news is. I wonder if we quite understand the immensity of God's love and how his love can completely transform our lives for the better. Jesus says um, in our gospel reading that it's like finding treasure. Certainly a massive proportion of the UK searches for treasure in other directions. Apparently 32 million people play the lottery each week. They have almost no chance of winning and they completely ignore the fact that many of the people who do win the jackpot actually end up unhappier than they were before they won it. So it can be a bit like fool's gold. Winning the lottery doesn't buy you life and it doesn't buy you love. And yet, what Jesus' kingdom offers is both life and love in unlimited quantities. Isn't that amazing? So why do we miss out on it sometimes? Why do, we, why do people miss out on it? Well, perhaps, sadly, the church uh, as a whole must take some of the blame. It hasn't necessarily done a great job over the last century or so in communicating the outrageously good news of the gospel that Jesus brings. When Jesus told these parables, he used some wonderful pictures to try to help people understand just how amazing the good news is. I don't know if you noticed, as as Barbara read um, the gospel reading, just how many stories Jesus told in a very short space of time. There were six stories, one after another. And in six stories, he gives us lots of different pictures of the kingdom. And it must have been breathtaking to his listeners. The kingdom of God, says Jesus, is like a tiny mustard seed which grows into a huge plant. For some people, the journey of faith starts with a tiny inkling that there's more to this world than meets the eye. And it grows within them and becomes the foundation on which all of the rest of their life rests. It's like yeast, Jesus says, that works through the dough. When a community is seasoned with some salty people, it rubs off on others. It spreads right through. And for me, that's a lovely picture of St. Matthew's within the community. People have been worshipping and praying here for many, many years. And it's growing. And we hope and pray and work toward the time when the good news will spread right through the community, like the yeast spreading through the dough. It's like hidden treasure, Jesus says. When we first discover the sheer grace of God's love for us in Jesus, 
when we never even knew it was there, we're prepared to give up everything to have it. As someone, as you know, who only discovered the love of God quite late on in my life, I really relate to that particular story. I found the treasure 14 years ago, or perhaps I should say the treasure found me. I discovered the love of God for the first time in my life. And I knew it was a game changer. I knew nothing would ever be the same again. I discovered people who were prepared to lay down their lives for their friends. I found people who prayed for their persecutors. People who lifted one another up in prayer. I found children who sang their thanks to God before they ate their food. What I found there was so precious, I determined never to let it go. The kingdom, Jesus says, is like a merchant who finds a pearl of great value. He gives up everything he has to buy it. And the astonishing, almost shocking thing which Jesus tells his listeners in these parables is that the kingdom is kind of all or nothing. It's not something we can just play at or have as a hobby or an interesting pastime. The church may be a place of wonderful community, but it's not a replacement for the social club. We don't do gym on a Monday, shopping on a Tuesday, badminton on a Wednesday, coffee morning on a Friday, and church on a Sunday. It's not just another pearl to add to the collection. The kingdom of God, says Jesus, is the only pearl worth having. That doesn't mean we should drop the other things, but what it does mean is that the kingdom of God should invade the whole of our lives, whether that's the gym or the coffee morning or the badminton court or even the Sunday morning service. That's how radical the kingdom of God is. It's all or nothing. What's more, Jesus says, the kingdom is urgent. The world God has created is not going round and round in endless cycles, as some religions and philosophies teach, it has a destination and it's heading there at quite a speed. That's why he tells the fifth story about fishermen sorting out the bad fish and the, from the good fish and throwing them away. The coming of Jesus began the process of final judgment, which will reach its conclusion when Jesus returns at the end of the age. And the good news is, God never gives up on us. He loves us so much, he holds out his invitation to the kingdom for the whole of our lives. But still some people turn it down and choose the alternative. That's why the kingdom is urgent. That's why we have a mission action plan to reach the parish with the good news of Jesus Christ. And finally, Jesus explains... However new and radical his kingdom message might seem, however full-on, however all-or-nothing, however urgent it might be, it is nonetheless the fulfilment of everything that has gone before. In what is effectively his sixth story, he says, it's like the master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. It might seem all new, Jesus is saying, but it's really the completion of all that God intended. And to his Jewish listeners, he was affirming the teaching of the Old Testament, the law and the prophets, and explaining how God's story was being worked out in his life 
and in his new kingdom teaching. And I think for us it means seeing God's hand at work in a growing, changing St. Matthew's as the outworking, not of something completely new, but of all that has gone before. The prayers of the faithful over the last 50 years that St. Matthew's has been here. They're the very seeds of today's growth. The yeast which has been working through the dough is raising the bread. And our challenge is to ensure that we remain rooted in God's timeless, life-giving word, while at the same time bearing the new, fresh fruit of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is the only treasure worth pursuing, Jesus tells us. It's urgent, he says. We need to share this good news with the world so that people can respond to God's invitation. But it's also the outworking of all that God has been doing up until now. Amen.